Hi, I'm Kat again. And I'm Gabe again. And we're the, the ghouls, ghouls Next, next door. door still. Yep, it's again. Still, us. still here. Bum, 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 bum. It's still 50th episode. What? Crazy. Let's talk about some stuff we like. Yeah, you got two for the price of one. Yeah, they're both long. Listen to <laughs> them. Just listen to us talk about our stuff for a long time. Forever. Isn't that what you're here for anyway? That's what love is. Yeah. Is listening to us every day. Yeah. Well. Yeah, that's where how I feel, I mean. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we are doing something special for our 50th episode mm-hmm. where we talk about our favorite things. Yeah. And I talked about robots and Gabe loves serial killers slash true crime slash murder every day. Yeah, so Kat talks about murder murder by robots. Mm-hmm. I talk about murder by people. The so, everyday crime. <laughs> here in the present. That's Common where sense. my obsession comes from. And apparently it's an obsession that everyone has. Yeah. <laughs> not everyone, but a lot of people. I'm not alone is what I'm trying I to say. I prefer not to know. Yeah. It's one of the... <laughs> yeah. It's like, if I know all the details, I'm going to be terrified to do everything. Yeah. And I like not being terrified to do everything. It's a real thing. Yeah. I, well, growing up, I grew up in a house where they use paranoia as a tool, where we watched Law and Order and we watched the news if a kid was abducted. And it was essentially like, see how this happened? You have to be alert. You have to be aware that the world is dangerous. And that's how they taught us. I feel like manipulation is another way to go. But, like, making people aware of the things to fear is a good way to go. Yeah. Well, like, just, hey, yeah. you could really get kidnapped. That is a real thing that could happen. So, like, watch out. It's definitely stranger danger, like, times a million. Yeah. Where it was not just, like, be careful of strangers and bad touch. It was just, like, everyone could do that. Be afraid. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I grew up watching, like, Law and Order all the time. Like, my mom would be like, I'm going to sleep. Like, she would fall asleep, but you couldn't turn it off. And she would be like, yeah. watch it so you can tell me what happens. And it's like, I'm That's... nine years old. <laughs> I shouldn't be watching this, Mom. Law and Order still to this day, I mean, it did not age well. But yeah. uh, is a show that like I cannot fall asleep to. I have to know what the resolution is at the mm-hmm. end. I'm like, I need to know that whatever murder thing happened is done now. And like that I'm not going to die in my sleep. You know what I mean? I just feel yeah. like that's my expectation. <laughs> yeah, no, it's real. I actually have a really funny story about Stranger Danger from when I was little. So my mom had told her friend to pick me up on my walk home from school, but I think it was like eerily close to the time where in school they're like, hey, if someone pulls their car up next to you, you should be scared Yeah, and you should run away. So she had asked her friend who I hadn't met ever mm-hmm. to come get me <laughs> on my walk home from school and this lady pulls up in their car and she's like, hey, your mom told me to pick you up. And I'm like, who are you? Ah! And I like ran. I ran all the way home and I was like, nope, that lady, I don't know her. Yeah. And my mom's like, thought it was the funniest thing. She was like, well, I guess you did the right thing. Like you did the thing that you should do. Yeah. And knock it in the car with a stranger. But also I needed her to get you. Yeah. And it was funny. I lived very close to the school, so it was really not 
a big deal for me to walk home. <laughs> yeah. That's so great. It's funny because, like, my mom actually was, like, worried because my sister had no concept of stranger danger growing up. Mm. Like, when I grew up, it was always, like, if you feel like you're being chased, you're supposed to run. And my mom was very specific that you had to run in a zigzag mm-hmm. and that you have to just, like, just pound on every door in a neighborhood looking crazy and draw as much attention to yourself. Yeah. And, like, if it turned out to be nothing, whatever, you're still safe kind of thing. Yeah. But my sister just, like, did not in any way have a semblance of that. She was just like, oh, a person, hello. <laughs> like, would just no. wander off all the time. Like, at the beach, there was one time we, like, a few, like, a few minutes had gone by in, like, 10, 15, and we're like, where's Victoria? And she was, like, four, okay? So we were like, what the hell? Like, what is this? And then we, like, looked over, and she was at this other family's, like, like, um, like a little place at the beach, like on uh-huh. their towels. And they like gave her a piece of sandwich. They had her, she had a little juice. Like they practically adopt her. She just went over there and was like, hi friends. Now you're, I'm in your family now. And we were like, you can't do that. It's like that video of the little kid at the park who has to hug every single person there before he leaves. Cause he has to leave now. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cute. It's very cute. But it's also like, no, there could be bad people. I here. had no version of that. I was like, ew, people. Yeah. Like every person walked and be like, why? Who are you? Why, why are you in my presence? Why are you saying words to me? I don't know you. What are people? Why? Why are you? Oh, I'm not your friend. Yep. Go away. I'm by myself. I like it. Go away. Yeah. So I definitely had always been interested in true crime and that kind of stuff because I grew up with that unsolved mysteries and all of that. And that's where a lot of us kind of like Develop true crime people. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like that's like my, one of my favorite things to do when I go home and visit my grandmother's, we just watch true crime all day yeah. and talk about like that kind of stuff. And she always has crazy stories about like people she grew up with or like finding out that someone was investigated for a murder or something. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like after they did that thing in school, mm-hmm. I was convinced that every car that mildly slowed down near me was trying to get that. I still do. I still think. Like, I would just, like, freeze up and be like, what? What are you doing? I'd, like, turn. I would, like, do... I would go down different streets. Yeah. If I felt, like, slightly weird Mm -hmm. that someone was near me because, like, it freaked freaked me out so bad. Yeah. No, I'm definitely just like that now, even. Like, if I'm walking down the street, there's one time there's, like, a... In our old neighborhood, I was walking home, and there was a white van. And it was trying to find parking, but it, like, kept slowing down because, like, it thought it saw a slot. And I was like, this is it. This is how I go out. I I was, like, getting my keys, put them in Wolverine style between my fingers. I was like, do I know any jujitsu? No. Can I just wing it? Like, (laughs) I was like, which of these houses looks, you know, hospitable enough that I can run up to and someone will be there? It was totally scary. I definitely have that, like, impulse all the time. I will purposely walk home in different, like, different ways. And, like, take different buses and do all of that because you can't have routines. Yeah, and I just really don't like it when people make eye contact with you when you're walking. I get freaked out. I'm like, why are you looking at me? Oh, my God. This is it. <laughs> you're going to ask me a question, then you're going to follow me home. And I'm like, no, yeah. I'm not trying to do that. Like, I've had a biker do that once, and it was so freaky to me. Like, I just called him. I was like, I'm on the phone with the police, so you need to get out of my face. Yeah. And yeah. he was like, whoa. And I was like, yeah, so don't kidnap me, please. <laughs> I definitely think it's good to be friendly, but at the same time, I don't like talking to people I don't know on, mm-hmm. like, public transportation, especially in, like, Ubers where they're like, we're going to be best friends. I was like, they're definitely going to lock all the doors and try to kidnap me. Because, like, I've read all those articles about the Uber drivers who've done that, and I'm just like, well, I <laughs> think I literally have thought of ways I would fight back mm-hmm. someone, like, 
trying to kidnap me. Like, brutally. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I have my keys. I will stab them in the throat with my keys. I will have this bottle that's in my hand and hit them over the head with it until they can't drive anymore. I, <laughs> yeah. like, I, like, think of all the crazy stuff that would, like, save my life. Yes. If someone was trying to kidnap me in an Uber Lyft situation. Yeah. Usually, if it's on a bus, there's not as many ways. Because, one, there's a lot of people, I feel like. No, there's one of the most gruesome No, stop murders. it. I know which one you're talking about. It's <laughs> so monster. I don't make does. eye contact with people anymore it because of it. seriously messes me up every time. Yeah. Well, with the Uber driver who was a murderer, he didn't kill any of his passengers. He was killing people in between his passengers, stop. actually. Because, like, you're connected. Like, if someone got murdered and then... The last thing they were was in your car. Well, what's crazy is I've definitely heard of, like, the ones who, like, try to and they escape. And it's like... Yes. That was, like, the you know beginnings of yeah. Lyft and Uber. Yeah. It's... I would say that an obsession with true crime allows you to have a superpower. I do feel like, one, my anxiety is a superpower because I am always overprepared for most situations. And yeah. being obsessed and terrified of true crime is also its own type of superpower where it's like, I am ever vigilant and always aware and because you can think of, like, the ways that it could happen. Mm-hmm. And, like, you think of the ways you could get out. Yeah. And if you're thinking about it, odds are it's not going to happen to you. Because it's always happened to those people who don't know. Yes. Yeah. So we're talking about true crime. Yeah. We're talking about scary stuff. Spooky spooks spooks. Yeah. And Teach this me is about like, it, Gabe. <laughs> I did have like a conversation. I've had a conversation with people before because they're like, is true crime horror? Because it's like real, I guess. It's but 100% it's, like, horror. The it's world the is a horrible place. most real of all the horrors. Like, yes. they're, like you could be afraid of slasher films and you could be afraid of the ocean and you could be afraid of space and you could be afraid of dogs and spiders, whatever. But the biggest threat to you is one, probably cars, because people die by cars very frequently. Yes. Two, is people. Yeah. People are scary. And yeah. usually it's a person that you know. Common sense fear. Yeah. Oh, sense. that's the worst part of it. I hate it that it's somebody you know. Mm-hmm. I just, like, that upsets me on such a fundamental Because yeah. <laughs> it's like you think you know people, and then, like, suddenly they're murdering you. It's just like, that's not... <laughs> One minute you're just pals, and then the next minute, well, great, now there's a knife. Like, I understand why people go crazy when they survive stuff like that, because, like, you think you know somebody, and you have that trust, or whatever, and and you're like, I know what people are, and if they're bad or good. It's like, no, you don't. That guy that's been, like, friends with you for years kidnapped your daughter, and it's horrible, and you're upset now. What are you talking about? I was just saying. I slightly referenced that one show that we watched that was ridiculous. Oh. The strange, documentary. The, oh, yeah. That one was ridiculous. I forget what it was called. Yeah. Taken in plain Abducted sight. Abducted in plain sight. <laughs> yeah, that one, crazy. Well, that's just the thing, right? So, uh, true crime has kind of exploded, like, this fandom over recent years. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be the... And you know what I think it is? Is just that, one, podcasts are more popular. So we uh-huh. have a lot of different true crime podcasts. And essentially, like, these podcasts and TV shows and, like, the existence of the internet has just allowed us all to realize that we're not alone. Uh-huh. Like, we're the people who grew up with Unsolved Mysteries and Law and & Order and watching the Discovery Channel. Yeah. Or Investigation Discovery. And just, like being very aware and being very fascinated by it for different reasons Uh and now it's just erupted into like all these different ways so there's like even reese witherspoon has a podcast about true crime 
Like That's everyone does. <laughs> yeah, it's it's absurd. And there's all different kinds. And then there's like all these niche communities within the podcasts, like themselves, like in the uh-huh. fandoms, that are like crazy in and of themselves. And it's kind of transformed. It's very interesting. There's just been like this boom of like-minded individuals to myself. But there's also so um, with the the people who are like me who find a fascination in one um, educating yourself on what's happening in the world and knowing that there is bad out there and it's very tantalizing to know. Yes. Two is also like trying to just like understand, I guess, serial killers, just like understand how that happens and how like Mm -hmm. it could be stopped, like, or how it could have been like looper. I guess guess. go back in time. (laughs) That's Uh, my understanding. Yeah. But just like this understanding of like knowing the, uh, like, what happened or if anything did happen or if it was just inevitable if these people are monsters but also like with that is this understanding that you need to pay respect to the victims who's who you know were the unlucky ones in this and lost their lives but there's this whole other part of the fandom which is full of people who fetishize like these killers or this these circumstances and it becomes like almost like a gag, like a joke. Like it's not like, like they disassociate so hard from like the fact that this is like a real person who took the lives of innocent people and they like blow this up to be like, just almost like it is like horror, right? Like it's mm-hmm. just a movie. It's just a it's thing like, we no, heard or read real about. Murders that yeah, happened. Exactly. Real people are dead. Yeah. But you those, should not enjoy that. Yeah. You shouldn't find any excitement out of that or like, you should not, number one, get a tattoo of Ted Bundy's teeth marks on your body. Because a real person had that on their body. Like, and almost died. Like, you can't, that's, there's just lines that get, like, totally walked over in that community. I, it's essentially twofold in that there's really great things that come from it because it's people who are like, we're understanding that the world is toxic. And we're interested in this. And it's also like the psychology of people being interested in something so dark, right? It's, it's kind of the same way we're interested in horror. Yeah. It's it's the same uh, way. So I've been taking a trauma class and (laughs) they teach you all the science words for things. (laughs) So I don't remember what those words are, but there are the different sections of the brain. And there are these two almond sized things that sit behind your ears. Mm-hmm. And they're the things that are basically that release chemicals when you're scared, experiencing some sort of trauma, traumatic event, or like there's a way to become kind of addicted to the sensation of that, like yeah. of being scared, but in a safe way. Yes. So I would argue that people who like horror films or like kind of messed up stuff and find that interesting and fascinating have become slightly addicted to that. Absolutely. Chemical that gets released. Well, it's just like going on a roller coaster because it's it's fake fear, right? Because mm-hmm. you're you're, well, you're roller coasters. You're, you could definitely real die. Yeah, but that's not what everyone's thinking. Like that's not what gets that's them off. I'm thinking. <laughs> what i'm saying like you're getting like your body reacts like it's real like if you were in a dream your body is reacting like it's real but mm-hmm. like the reality of the situation is that you know more or less that you are safe like yeah. the odds of a roller coaster mishap happening are very slim 
in, honestly, incredibly slim in comparison to getting murdered. <laughs> so it's like, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, but it, that's what it, like the obsession with horror is. And I think the same thing is with true crime. It just becomes this like, it is a safe kind of knowledge. And it's enticing to think about like, when you're thinking about the human mind, it's like, who could ever possibly do that? Yeah, I guess like also, it's just like when someone is unwell, and that it's like not entirely their fault that mm-hmm. they're acting that way. It's just like even more upset. <laughs> yeah. It's like you want people to be well and not murder people brutally. And it's very hard. The world is hard. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's kind of a part of it too with the community, right? Mm-hmm. Is that sometimes people are really like, I follow several groups that are intertwined with these um, true crime podcasts or mediums. Uh-huh. And so they'll post like real life true crime things that are happening. So like if someone is murdered, like you just heard about the girl who just got, who just finally went to jail after all those text messages to the boyfriend to get him to kill himself. Yeah. yeah. But like we are reading those things and there's, um, other instances where there's someone who's very clearly unwell and you'll hear like some people in the community just immediately just be like, this person's evil. We need to do this and this. And people are like, no wait, things happen the way that they should have happened and were handled the way they should have been handled. Given the fact that this person was unwell in that degree. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. There's not a sensitivity to mental illness. Mm-hmm. I think that's just in general though. I feel like that's how these things end up happening is that people walk around with no, sense of like trauma like they don't understand that there are reasons people act the way that they do that it's not just people are crazy or evil it's like there are a lot of factors that go into every single thought a human pursues yes and there's just people who have like no understanding of that they live their lives with like rose-colored glasses on and they just think people don't have anything wrong with them ever in their brains there's a lot that's happening with this obsession with true crime um, some studies talk about how it is in a way there to help you feel protected because mm-hmm. then you're like aware of what is going on in the world. You're aware of what could possibly happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not ignorant to the dangers, but there's like, there's apparently other things <laughs> that, uh, are the scientific reasons why I love scientific reasons yeah. or even, uh, or just like results. Like it's like, here's what our world is. And this is why people are the way they are. One, mm-hmm. um, so I found an article on mental floss that was just talking about like the obsession. So it was like, mm-hmm. you know, there's investigation discovery. There's a literal true crime convention <laughs> that people go to. There's, you know, podcasts like serial Dr. Death in the dark. There's a million and even like documentaries on Netflix, uh, the keepers, evil genius, making a murderer, the staircase. And the one we watched, we watched uh, a handful on Netflix. For yes. Sure. Yeah, uh, abducted in plain sight being the most recent crazy one. Um, but there's kind of this understanding, like your your need to know and and be attracted to those things are normal. It's mm-hmm. just like a normal human thing because it's different. Like those kinds of people are different from us, and we need to understand evil to some degree. Mm-hmm. Like you just have this because it's so different. Like it will kind of like gnaw at you in this way of like we need to figure it out and there is no answer (laughs) it's just Mm -hmm. you know there's no right or wrong answer there's no plain thing there's no way that you can meet a person and be like that's a murderer like that's never going to be able to happen oh yeah but that is is kind of creates an obsession in and of itself because it's like we need to know 
I need to know what the answer is. Like, is it because they have a long earlobe? Like, what is this? Like, what? Well, no, I think it ties back to like their childhood and like what they experienced. And if there's something that happened to them during that time that could have. Not always. Reshaped the way their brain developed. No, I think also people are just born without the ability to produce certain chemicals. Okay. Yeah, no, that's real. Yeah. It's not just childhood trauma. Um, there's plenty I know of... it's not exclusively that, yeah. but I think that does play a significant role for a lot of things. Sure, yeah, definitely. Um, but, yeah, there's no right, like... There's no can... black and white <laughs> yeah, anything. There's always <laughs> exceptions to the <laughs> yeah. rule. <laughs> yeah, there's a, especially with serial killers, there's no, oh, everyone has this one thing that has happened to them. It's usually, though, I will say head injuries are a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if someone was already that, like if sorry, someone was already unable to... Uh, produce certain chemicals or have certain understandings. Like if they're on that type of spectrum of like human emotion, mm-hmm. like they don't understand pain, that's a thing that can be real. Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes you a psychopath. Another thing is like when, with the coming of the 24 hour news cycle, right? So before it was just like, you'd only get news at one time, but then we started having it where it's like constant. And if there's like a breaking case, we see it all the time. Mm-hmm. Like OJ, right? Like we were watching the chase, you're watching like the trial unfold. Mm-hmm. Um, you have when kids, certain kids get abducted, certain being specifically like young white kids getting abducted. Like those are news cycles. Mm-hmm. We're thinking about before all that, which is what I find interesting is any murder that happened like before the seventies, because that was like before Stranger Danger. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, like if you think That's of you like. you let your kids just go outside and you don't really know that they're back yet till like. Yeah. It's maybe nine at night. You're it like, just, oh, look, Jimmy's here. Exactly. Like the first um, uh, milk carton kid, Johnny Nosh, gosh, uh-huh. Johnny Gosh, he was a newspaper delivery boy uh-huh. and just got into a car with someone because that they didn't have anything like that. And then the poor mom is like crazy. It's such a crazy story. Um, but there's a lot of those, especially during that time. Like abducted in plain sight is definitely one of those. Of just like just no like one not even, even knew. Understanding that that could be a thing that would happen. And I think because of that, that's why in the 80s, 70s and 80s, we had this like these notorious serial killers. And we don't really have that these days. Like we're not hearing about those. We don't have Ted Bundy's. We got the East Area Rapist, but it's like he hadn't been around for a long time. We just happened to find him because of that. There's a Lisk, Long Island serial killer that's active, but no one knows about him unless you're in the true crime situation. And usually because they target um, underrepresented communities who no one cares about. Yeah, there have been some interest. well, not interesting because they're horrible, but... I guess interesting in their own way. Recently in Philly, there was a, in South Philly, there was the person who was like assaulting and raping women. It was recent they caught him. Mm-hmm. Um, that isn't murder, but it's something that was happening very frequently in a area yeah. within Philadelphia. And then there was yeah. also, I heard recently about getting like pizza delivery murder. Oh. So they had, bit, they fake called a pizza delivery person to their mm-hmm. house and then murdered them. I guess like, they didn't care who it was. It wasn't like, to my knowledge, they they didn't release that it was targeted. Yeah. That they just ordered a pizza to this house and then murdered the driver. But um, in this article, they talk about how uh, essentially true crime and like serial killers is kind of like a train wreck. And, you know, like when you like are rubbernecking, like you you can't look away. Yeah. Like how we always watch like car crashes. So this professor of criminology, Scott Bond, 
wrote in Time and said, the public's fascination with them can be seen as a specific manifestation of its more general fixation on violence and calamity. In other words, the actions of a serial killer may be horrible to behold, but much of the public simply cannot look away due to the spectacle. And that's like a lot of what it, it's just like horror entertainment. <laughs> you know, like yeah. when we were watching Nightmare on Elm Street and the most absurd things happen, like Murder Fountain, like that's absurd and grotesque and just awful. But you can't look away because you're like, what is yeah. this? And no, that's real. That's like 100% what true crime is. It's like you're listening and you're like, how could the same way people feel and are absurd? And I also was like, what for objected in plain sight, which we can talk about in our film section was like how you feel a lot of the time when you're listening to certain things. Like, how could this have gone on for so long? Like, how do people get in that car? How do people not escape? How did the cops let the victim go back to that house? Like knowing or just like not listening to them. <laughs> so, this is literally so upsetting. <laughs> yeah, that's a, this is a real horror of the world no, because yeah, it's real. I'm with you. I, I think that's like honestly the messed, the most messed up part of it is, I guess, the fact that they're aware that the spectacle is such a thing that they like that they see their names in the newspaper. They want the attention to be on them. Yeah. Not on the victims. Absolutely. They want to have their name remembered mm -hmm. for the things that they've done. They I think after the fact, yes, we should pay attention and know how to like be aware yeah. that these things can happen. But don't fetishize them. Do not get tattoos of them on your body or paintings of them anywhere. Like, stop. What are you doing? Yeah. And it's just, you're feeding the problem. You're yeah. feeding their desire to kill more. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. really, it's just. It shouldn't yep. be that way. And that's just, it's, that's, that's definitely much. the way that it is. Yes. People who are here in this world are dead now. Yeah. And there should be more respect. It's, it upsets me. They're definitely, yeah. And it's like, so apparently like the majority of true crime fans tend to be women. And that's kind of because we have this need to feel safe. And so it kind of feels like we're protecting ourselves by being knowledgeable in these subjects because mm -hmm. women tend to be the victims of these not to say there yeah. aren't male victims because there are but generally speaking it does tend to be the women so women are the ones who are obsessed with it because it's almost like a protection in and of itself well, yeah we're Knowledge always just of being murdered yeah constantly yeah. so <laughs> literally always yeah right but now. apparently like this obsession and like looking into true crime might be like an evolutionary benefit because it essentially is there for us to pay attention to things that harm us. Mm -hmm. Like you become fixated on those things because you want to learn about it. Like you want to know, don't touch that because it'll poison you. Right. Mm -hmm. Don't eat that. Cause it'll poison you. <laughs> like yeah. Don't go near that monster. Cause it bites you. Like what better way to equip yourself than to learn the most about it. Mm -hmm. And like, it also kind of feels like you said, because it's, kind of like a um like a safe space to mm -hmm. indulge in it that you're distant enough that you kind of feel like victorious in a way like i didn't that didn't happen to me yeah so you kind of win the curiosity of like human nature to like want to know why things are happening to have like some sort of understanding yeah of the things that are scary so that as you said you can protect yourself against them Absolutely. You need to know the resolution. You need to know why is that person doing that thing? What did they do to escape? It's yeah. like, yeah, we want to know. 
Yeah. And I've definitely had people who are like, one, who've questioned because our show is horror and we are constantly watching and dissecting horror, that it's like, are we now desensitized? Do we no longer understand danger or um, fully like grasp it on the emotional level that other people do? And that, and I would argue that we do still feel those things. Like, yeah, no, 100%. I'm very scared of many so. things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> So it's like, I guess in a movie sense, sure. But in like real life horror, that is very different. (laughs) If I see someone stabbed in front of me, I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, that's cool. I've seen that before. No, (laughs) because I haven't in real life. Yeah. It is a very different reaction. If anything, I'll know what to do is don't pull the knife out. Yes. You leave that in there. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, it's definitely exactly now like you just that. Have skills. <laughs> True crime is like people think like, oh, if you watch that and you're surrounded by that, then now you're desensitized. And to a degree, some people are becoming that way because they're because to me, I think the the difference is kind of glorifying and obsessing over the killer and not like the circumstances and the world around it and trying to figure it out and trying to understand like what could have been done differently to save people. Like if you're looking at it like, wow, this guy's a genius um, and not in a way that's like, wow, that was a really crazy intelligent thing that he got away with kind of situation. Like if you're thinking of it, just like, well, I'm idolizing this person, then you might be desensitized. But the majority of us who listen to this, um, if anything, have more paranoia and are way more aware of our surroundings. Again, it's your superpower. Your, your, uh, your stress and your anxiety becomes your superpower because you're always aware. You're always vigilant and you know what people are capable of at the end of the day. So it, it is a superpower in this horror world that we live in. Yeah. But it's better, I think, honestly, to know that that's a reality. So that, as you said, you don't freeze up deer in headlights. You're yeah. not unbelievably shocked that you can't recover. Yeah. You're basically building up your protective factors to make it so if something like that happens, you will survive mentally because it's not such a hard left. Yeah. From what you're used to seeing. Yeah. You don't have to play so much catch up, like, of yeah. being like, wait, whoa, what's happening? This is not possible. Like, you skip all of that, like, wonder and disbelief and jump right into what is our safety protocol. Yeah. But it's also, like, I would recommend that in between your binges of true crime, if you're getting in- indulgent, uh, watch some cartoons. <laughs> watch some fun. Yeah. Watch something sweet. Uh, watch something that restores your faith in humanity. Because, like I've said previously, that... It is the common sense phobia, but um, it also is kind of relieving to know that even though you listen to these crimes and it seems like it's just mountainous, like it's just enormous, the amount of people who get murdered and are murderers. But that's not the case at all. <laughs> like it, It's not. People, not everyone on the street is, is going to murder you. And so you kind of have to remind yourself that too. And that's a part of it. It's really like... You, there's a balance that you got to work in there. Yeah. And I mean, if you're thinking about it too, it's that rule, I guess, like you think it, it exists somewhere. Yeah. Um, the worst things that happen, there are probably things on the other end of the spectrum that are really, really wonderful, great things that happen, mm-hmm. but they're not the things you're watching movies about. Yeah. Cause they're <laughs> so not interesting. <laughs> there is a balance in the world. I would like to think that for every horrific, awful thing that happens. There is something good that happens on an equal level in some variety. Yeah. Somewhere in the world. We just don't know about it. Yeah. Keep that version of faith. Let's do that. (laughs) That sounds good. That's how you stay sane. Yeah. Stay sane. Stay safe. Yeah. Stay safe.
Yeah, so we listen to some stuff, or Gabe constantly listens to stuff, and yeah. Kat hears it sometimes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's my entire existence. I'm like, oh, Gabe likes that cool thing. I'm going to like it too. Cool. Let me do that. <laughs> oh my God, we're best friends. Yep. And that's a lot of podcasts most of the time. But luckily, she also gets a little dose of some of the scary stuff. Yeah. Um. So we, so I subjected her to the last podcast on the left, because one there's a podcast that shall not be named that has a lot of interesting things, but I didn't want to give it any listens. Uh, and also my pr- favorite murder is kind of in that area right now for me as well. So I didn't want to bring any attention to that one for her. <laughs> so we settled on last pack, last podcast on the left, but because I, only I, one of them is terrible. Yeah. If in, in, I again have been on, uh, in arguments on the internet because of this specific podcast as well and reluctantly came around to liking them uh again because of two of the members Uh, one of them i still just can't get behind and i'm sorry guys but it's never gonna happen um call me too sensitive that i have feelings about human people who were murdered but (laughs) just gonna have to be the way it is um but i i definitely wouldn't recommend them for everyone uh you definitely have to have a strong stomach and i guess if you're indulging in certain true crime things you you might have a strong stomach there are things that are very um like more educational true crime garage is is really nice <laughs> they're nice guys who talk about things um they are not insensitive or rude about things uh <clears throat> they even explore a lot of the victims too yeah there's also case file which really goes into like victims and stuff and yeah. really t- like tells a story it's very um almost like a news report less okay. than like just three guys hanging out talk crap about murder it's really like these are this is what happened here are the facts we're not bragging on anyone we are just educating yeah we're just letting you know what happened yeah i don't have opinions we're just talking about it yeah they have like i think it's i want to say like six hour long episode about the east area rapist that i was trying to get through yeah but that's a lot and the reason for it is because they go through the victims, right? Yeah. And so you were getting a t- like an understanding of who those people were in addition to yeah. who this guy was. Because at the time, even, we didn't know who it was. Yeah. Um, and then they did an update when we did find them. So it's, yeah, there's there's a lot of, it really depending on what you're interested in, right? Like if you do just want to hear like the really quick version that doesn't go into any details um, that would make you feel uncomfortable and you want to be in a safe space where you can kind of just like, float there my favorite murder is totally fine for that like they're definitely there for just like the basic news yeah (laughs) because you just want to like kind of dip a toe into the situation yeah and then you can have fun you can hear about them talk complain about los angeles traffic and what happened to their hair and what their cats are doing like you can listen to that for half an hour before it gets to the story if that's your thing (laughs) but um last podcast on the left uh really dives into it but they the thing about them is that they're not just true crime they're horror like us it just in a different (laughs) way they're not us (laughs) at all but uh it starts hosts uh ben kissel marcus parks and henry zabrowski they cover dark subjects spanning from jeffrey dahmer werewolves jonestown iconic hauntings the history of war crimes and more whether it's cults killers or cryptid encounters last podcast on the left laughs into the abyss that is the dark side of humanity 
which is essentially what they do. Yeah. They also have fun. Um, <laughs> they have really fun uh, creepypasta episodes, uh-huh. which they just read creepypasta stories, uh-huh. which are absurd if you're familiar with creepypasta. And then they also have, like, really um, absurd on the other spectrum where it might be, like, they play 911 calls. I don't think they do that anymore. Okay. Because they got a lot of backlash. And they themselves were like, we feel kind of bad. Um, some of them were really awful. But then they also do things where they'll, like, talk about aliens. Like, that's the one part where I tolerate Henry is when he talks about uh, aliens. Because he he's really in it. Like, he's yeah. in that world, in the UFO world, and he knows all the stats. And so when they dive into stuff like that, it's really fun. When yeah. they talked about cryptids, it's super fun. Their true crime part is where it kind of gets a little murky. Yeah. Um, well, because he forgets that they're people. Mm-hmm. He gets really insensitive. Yeah. To, like, at one point, it's, like, it's okay to a degree to, like, make fun of and, like, berate the actual murderer and call them whatever you want to call them, whatever. They don't, But you shouldn't do so about the victims. Yeah, but (laughs) that's where the line is drawn, and I was like, there's a problem. When you're talking about the victims, like, they weren't murdered when they shouldn't have been. (laughs) Like, that's a problem. Uh, But the other two, uh, well, uh, Marcus does a lot of the research, and then Ben is really there to listen and remark and be funny, (laughs) (laughs) which is fine. Uh, They're great. I, they're, um... Their fan base, again, is a mixed bag. You can get some really sensitive people who are just there for, like, that and for fun. And then you can get some really crazy people who are like, I'm going to tattoo my whole body and worship them and hail gain. Yeah. And, like, there's one way to... You can can't listen see to my things. face, but I'm going like... Arr. Yeah. Uh, that's And that's a big thing, too, is people are like, well, if you're listening to them, then you clearly shouldn't have any sensibilities. And it's like, no, you can also just listen passively and just choose to ignore the absurdities <laughs> to some of their media. Yeah. But I had Kat listen to one of their heavy hitters. So they have heavy hitter episodes where they'll do big murderers, essentially. And it's usually like three, four parts. Like they've done Jonestown. They've done Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, they've done Ed Gein. They've done a lot of them, and then they did Bumblebutt, <laughs> so, <laughs> which is Edmund Kemper. Oh, That's yeah. like, he referred to himself as Bumblebutt, and in during one of the times when he's like, st- like murdering, he felt like a klutz because he like dropped the gun or he dropped the knife, and he's like bubbling around, and he's like, "I was just a Bumblebutt," and the detective's like, "You're telling me about a murder? Are you crazy?" Like, yeah, he he definitely, like, Ed Kemper in general just, like, makes me feel anxious yeah. in the way that I think you feel that way, too, because he just seems so unassuming, like, sweet, big guy, and he murders people brutal. So bad. That I'm like, I don't understand. Yeah. Why? And you know a little bit why, because of the things that yeah. have happened to him, but also just, like, call the, like, switch yeah. isn't really yeah. in the right place. Well, <laughs> I think, like, things were, like, he was already not well, and then things mm-hmm. got intensely exacerbated. Like, so his growing up, his, at one point, so he's, like, really large. He's a very big kid, right? Mm-hmm. And at one point, he had, like, his sister who would feel uncomfortable around him, and his mom was made aware of that. Like, she was like, he looks at me too long, or something's not right. And mm-hmm. so she kind of, like, made him out to be this villain, yeah. Like, bef- without, like, not having a talk with him of, like, why is this a thing? Maybe we should get you some help. It wasn't that yeah. way at all. So, as a teen, he was essentially just, like, banished. And she, like, sent him away to live with her his grandparents. And then he was unwell because he feels like 
He's been banished. He hasn't done anything wrong. He hasn't been told that he's done. He's just told that he's bad. And so then he had this like crazy, like there's such, he, he's very clearly not well. Like when you hear his own words, cause he loved to talk, he's like, has this whole thing where he, he has this remark where he, he's mad at his grandmother because she had a gun because she didn't trust him. And so she like had it to protect herself. And he says this during the same story that he's telling, like how he was mad at her for having a gun cause she didn't trust him right before he murdered her. So it's like, yeah, she had every right to not trust you, Ed. What do you, why are you like, he's like, but can you believe it? She had a gun in the house and she didn't trust me. Like you murdered her. And then you murdered her husband because you didn't want him to see that you murdered her. Like that's crazy talk. And that's just like how he tells all his stories. He's like, would you believe it? The girl was trying to fight me back when I tried to murder. Like, yeah, Ed, like clearly there's not anything good going on in that brain. And so he got shipped away. Um, and learned very quickly the right things to say when you're institutionalized to get out. Mm-hmm. So he was released and they were like, oh, he's fine. And he wasn't. He went back to the mom who does not like him. He murdered her parents and she was right about him all along and she stuck with him. So they have this really toxic relationship and he ends up like killing girls that he could never have because that's what his mom has been telling him. Like, you'll never be with a girl. You'll never be with the right person because no one will ever love you. You're a monster. And he's unwell. So he ended up killing all these co-eds. He's the co-ed killer. Yeah, it's definitely crazy. And it's like he is like living with his mom and he works his job. He picks her up from work. She hates him. And she works at a college. And that's how the co-eds happen. Yeah. So he yeah. kills co-eds. And then at some point when they're they're realizing a trend that it is co-eds that are getting killed, they tell like girls don't get into cars and that they don't allow cars on campus that don't have the right sticker. But his has mm. the right sticker because he picks up his mom. And it's just like, and again, you look at him, you think he's kind of slow even. Like you, you could never fathom that this gentle looking giant would ever do anything to you. So of course the girls get in the car. They're thinking it's anything else. Like it's just a monster. Again, it's the same, like the same way people would even slightly tolerate Ted Bundy when he was like either pretending that he was injured or pretending to be a cop or pretending to be a lawyer or whatever. Like people would tolerate him and be more inclined to listen to him the same way that they're more inclined to like tolerate and understand Ed because they're imagining when you imagine a murderer, you're imagining a monster. You're imagining a creep. So when you get normal people or unassuming people, you're like, okay. <laughs> I feel like still <laughs> you should not get in cars with people. You don't, don't do know. It. Like I get it. If it's Uber or Lyft, you have their identity in your hand. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what? I just, that realm of time does not make sense to me. Yeah, like hitchhiking was a very big thing. And that's like, again, that's why I feel like serial killers don't have as much of power nowadays because they were not as ignorant to that because we're surrounded by a 24 hours news cycle. It's because we have true crime podcasts and true crime documentaries in the investigation discovery channel. It's because we grew up watching about, you know, Elizabeth Smart getting kidnapped and living down the street. Like we've heard these stories. We've grown up with them. And so now we're all a little wiser. Not to say that murders and things aren't happening. They definitely are. Um, but it's like it's not as like you read about those things and you're like, it's absurd how easy it was to just like take a kid. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> like insane it's to me. It's easy to just get a girl who's hitchhiking. Like, no one really understood. Like, and now that's all you hear about. So we are a little more yeah, aware. So, like, yeah, they, they 
talk about things like that. So they talked about Evan Kemper, but that one's like, I think two or three episodes long. So it's, they really, really go into it. So I jam pack that into a few minutes, <laughs> but if you want to hear the whole thing, they have a whole episode series on him. Um, I would not suggest starting with any heavy hitters. If you're going to start with Last Podcast on the Left, try one of their smaller guys um, and just kind of work your way into understanding their humor and their um, relationship uh-huh. before going into anything like that because you you might not continue because I almost did and I almost burned down the whole internet. Me and Kat watched, because uh, I always make her watch true crime things with me. Sure do. I actually kind of enjoy it, though. <laughs> yeah. In its, its own fun, stressful yeah. way. We've watched uh, A Crime to Remember is one of my favorites, where they recreate the olden times, and it's always like, she was scandalous because she was divorced and liked to have sex. <laughs> or it'd be like, uh, he was closeted, so of course he was a murderer, or something ridiculous uh-huh. like that. But I, what I like about it is that they bring... The way that they approach it really shows, like, the flaws in the society at the time. Yeah. And that's a cause for these things. Like your own historiography You have the crime. doors open. <laughs> like, you don't lock your doors at night. Me and Kat watch Abducted in Plain Sight because Twitter was absolutely crazy about it. And I just kept seeing memes that didn't make any sense to me, but they seemed yeah. so bizarre. I was like... Cat, let's just watch this. Let's figure it out. I've seen, like, reaction videos, too. They're, like, genuinely very funny. And I honestly, at this point now, I'm kind of like, I wonder, I hope the family is okay. Yeah. I feel like they probably are getting a lot of stuff. And it's like, that's a little... They've survived. Let them be. And when you watch it, you do feel for them. So we watched Abducted in Plain Sight, and so let me tell you what it's about. It's from 2017. It's a Netflix on... uh, Or it's a Netflix. It's a documentary on Netflix. Uh, The twisting, turning, stranger-than-fiction true story of the Brobergs, a naive, church-going Idaho family that fell under the spell of a sociopathic neighbor with designs designs on their 12-year-old daughter. Under the spell of a sociopathic neighbor with designs on their 12-year-old daughter. That's what it says, but that seems weird. Anyway, it's essentially a very crazy story. Yeah. I don't really want to spoil anything because I want everyone to watch it, but at the same time... Yeah. Like, if you're here, just know... <laughs> we're just, we, I can't not tell because it's just so crazy. It's just, yeah. Um, there's multiple times while watching it where you're like... What? Yeah. You, what? Like, you just, you don't even You're know how to baffled. react. You're just like, how, why? <laughs> and it's crazy. And then you're like, wait a minute. And every time you think when you're at that point, you're like, okay, so this is crazy. Okay, this is the crazy part. We're in the crazy part. No, there's and like eight other crazy things that happen. Happens. And you're just. And you're like, no, what? And it's. It's almost like soap opera level of like everyone is touching this person. <laughs> it's yeah. like why? Yeah, like so essentially, there's what it does a really good job of is kind of really explaining like because you're getting it from the point of view of the family, like you can mm-hmm. see them, is that you understand that this was a time that did not understand stranger danger. Like they, they even talk about like, like they didn't have the word pedophile. Yeah. yeah, they didn't understand that there could be a person that would touch kids. Like they didn't know like to be aware and to be worried about something like that. So there's yeah. like essentially Jan, they have this girl, uh, their daughter, and they have a friend, so they're in the Mormon church, and they become friends with this other Mormon family. And yeah. so they have that in common, whatever. All their kids play, they're like have over for barbecue. There's very clearly that 
the guy has a obsession with Jan and constantly like tries to get her alone and like yeah um I think I can say this part without spoiling it that the guy well you know that he is the one who's doing things to the child it's bad ask the family because he's going through therapy if he can sleep with the child like next to her next to her obviously I'm saying sleep with like literally sleep next to yeah um but sleep in the bed with the child multiple times a night Or a week, week, whatever. Well, it's because it comes out that he had gotten in trouble for indecent things with a child. So they find out, like, before they didn't know what the word pedophile is, but now they're aware that there is something weird about this man. He's like, it's okay, I'm going to therapy, and my therapist said the way to fix this is I need to lay next to your daughter, who I am infatuated with, multiple times in the week, with the door closed, you don't know what's going on. Like, are you kidding? And she's drugged every single time. I, I don't think they knew that, but she was like, he was giving her like Benadryl essentially. Yeah. It's nuts. Every time something crazy, but he's very manipulative. He manip- manipulates the mom. You feel really bad for her because it's very clear that she lived in this time where you didn't get affection and attention and he's giving her that. And like, not to say anything bad about her husband. He was just like a normal guy. Like, he yeah. didn't, like, fawn over her because they were just normal. So when she has someone who's like, you're amazing, you're beautiful, like, of course she falls for him. What well, happens to the father? that, like, passion and romance. Yeah. And if you don't have it, it's like, ugh. Exactly. The second you get a sliver of it, yeah, you're going to fall for that. He touched my leg. I want fire. Yeah, she yeah. was like, absolutely. Like, they didn't even kiss the first time and she was crazy. And then, meanwhile, her husband's doing some shady stuff. And it's like, what are you doing? Why do you think that's okay? Like, I understand the wife's point of view. Like, she, it made sense. His whole story makes zero sense. Unless he has been harboring these things and trying to keep them down because he is in the Mormon society and is actually, like, either gay or bisexual and didn't know when this was, like, an opportunity to find out. Yeah. But he's so manipulative that he manipulates the girl. He abducts her twice. He manipulates the family. The girl is traumatized and is terribly manipulated by like that's one of the crazier things that i heard and it's so sad because she went so long with knowing those things or believing those things and no one else knew yeah um he the second time he abducts her he puts her into a private school and told the private school that he was a cia agent that was undercover so if anyone came looking for her he they couldn't tell like that's craziness right and that's because of the time there's no way that could happen these days it sounds like fiction it's so crazy yeah i feel like they'd be like oh this dad's a little not all the way there maybe we shouldn't (laughs) maybe we should call i'm a mandated reporter i'm gonna call the authorities and be like this isn't right Mm -hmm. i don't think he's a cia agent who's gonna tell me (laughs) yeah or just like there's essentially, like, what I thought was really crazy was the first time she's abducted, like, they don't really do anything. Like, one, because it's their friend, right? So yeah. they're just, like, me. what, the one thing was that she'll they didn't. Her, he'll bring her back. Yeah, they didn't think that he took her, but they also were, like, kind of only minorly worried that something had happened to them, right? And then when they finally were going to go to the cops, the wife shows up, his wife, and is, like, don't do that. And they're, like, okay. So they waited, <laughs> like, and, and then they call, like, the... <laughs> They call the police on like this on Saturday, and so the the local police office wasn't open because yeah. of the time period. And they let there's like a message that like if this is an emergency, call this number. And they're like, well, we don't want to be a bother. 
Like we don't want to disturb anyone or cause any craziness. It's like, no, this is a crazy, this is when you're supposed to do that. This is the emergency that they're talking about. But that's yeah. how, like, how unaware they were of the severity of the situation. And then when it happens again, they don't call the cops for like two weeks. And the one police officer was just like, or the detective was like, they waited two weeks this time. And he looks so like just honestly disappointed in them, right? Yeah. And it's just like, you don't care that much about your kid. And that's not really what it was. It's just like, they just didn't get it. Yeah. Like, because, like, how would you, how could you put that into, like, a thing, you know? Like, how could you totally understand that, like, a friend of the family who you've had feelings for has stolen your kid? And I think, honestly, very much for the mom who, like, had genuine, I think, delusional, but feelings nonetheless yeah. for this man thinks, like, he couldn't have that for her because of what we have. And yeah. I feel like, unfortunately, That's in situations where molestation is happening and it's, like, the boyfriend of the mom or et cetera, or the girlfriend of the dad, that, like, it's always very hard for people to grasp mm -hmm. that they could also do that to the child. Yeah. And it's a weird level of, like brain selfishness i don't know it's confusing to yeah. me it's hard and it's like, like i feel really for hard. that but yeah. also protect your child yeah but people just like back then they just didn't even get it yeah it's hard to fathom that anyone would want to touch kids if you don't want to touch kids yeah it's a hard thing to understand the same thing with serial killers if you don't want to go around killing people it's hard to understand someone else wanting to do that yeah but this this uh film is wild to say the least um, <laughs> it's full yes. of just like questionable hand jobs and alien abductions and brainwashing and fake CIA, CIA agents, uh, swim parks, <laughs> like the RV whole thing crash. is just real bizarre. Yeah. Horseback riding. There's a lot. There's just so much happening in this. I highly recommend it. It's just absolutely crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the biggest thing is just, like, every time you think a hard left turn has been taken and it's not going to happen again, then there's another one. Yeah. yeah. It didn't stop. It didn't stop. And even in the end, you're like, this is really still happening. Like, yeah. nuts. It's such a good... <laughs> it's so good. So the, those are two extremes of, like, of true crime, right? Like, we have yeah. this that's, like, people don't think about it as true crime, but it is girl got abducted and was brainwashed and abused and then you have things like murderers like bumblebutt edmund kemper <laughs> feelings yeah feelings yeah feelings yeah i said feelings let's talk about feelings okay So if you like it, it's anxiety is my superpower. Yes. If you don't like it, it's Bumblebutt because cool. he was bad. Yeah. And I think everyone should remember that. He fumbled through the murder and it was upsetting. And you just shouldn't have been doing murders, honestly, at the end of the day. That's, the, and that's the story. Um, so um, everyone knows how I feel about true crime. But how do you feel about true crime? Um. I definitely say, like, I like it when it's there, so anxiety is my superpower in that regard. It stresses me out a lot in the sense that after I watch it, I am very hyper-vigilant mm -hmm. to the point where it's hard for me to trust being outside. Yeah. So it's not something I can indulge in often. Yeah. Just because, yeah, I, I really, like, I don't take the bus anymore. 
because I'm like, that can happen. That's the thing that can happen. You just have to do it. I know, and I understand that, but it's just like, (laughs) there's definitely a level to it where it's like, I need to know that that's an option to happen so that I can prepare and, like, be safe. Mm Mm-hmm. But I can't do it too much, otherwise I'll never leave my house. I'm kind of there, too. I haven't listened to true crime podcasts, and I, I do watch uh, 2020, mm-hmm. like, once a week. <laughs> and I do... I like the shows. Yeah, I And do I like the documentaries. Stuff. I mm-hmm. think hearing the little sections of podcasts that I've listened to about it, though, Well, I don't listen to out. some of those really scary ones anymore. Yeah. I have stopped, because I just... I think it's gross. And I didn't want it to, I didn't want to have to think like that anymore or, or know those things. Those, there's some things I just don't want to know anymore. And so like even myself, I, I've scaled back. I do still read like crime novels, like fiction ones. Those are fun. Yeah. Because those have an ending. For sure. And I like the fake ones. Like, so like strangers or like, uh, where they're like things that could definitely happen and are not like supernatural in any way. Yeah. Um, and that are just like crimes that are horrible that are happening to people. Yeah. I like those movies, but on a similar end, they really scare me. Yeah. Because I'm like, this is something that could happen. Like the purge. Mm-hmm. Not that that is something that's going to happen anytime in the next like 10 minutes. So yeah, I get a little like freaked out and paranoid if I watch too much of it. Yeah. Totally reasonable. For sure. Um, yeah. And it's at some point it's, you stop harnessing that power and you just become a victim of it yourself. Mm-hmm. So again, it w- in small doses, I recommend in, in certain ones. Uh, I say, if you do feel yourself getting too desensitized, maybe just take a break. Cause you gotta remember well, you gotta people balance. are people. Yeah. You gotta balance or just it. like read or watch something that, you know, you're going to resonate with the person. Yeah. And then for, uh, I guess our, our medias. So there's last podcast on the left and abducted in plain sight. I don't know. I'm torn. <laughs> it's okay if you don't like last podcast. Most people don't. I'm going to say it was good. Like as a whole, the whole media times. Mm-hmm. Cause it was, it was interesting. It was entertaining in its own light. Mm-hmm. It was stressful because honestly, I very much see myself as someone who's kind of unassuming of people, even though I do have a lot of anxiety. It's like, my thought is not that someone's trying to do something on purpose to hurt me. And that makes me stressed about going outside. Because I'm like, yeah, no, I'm definitely going to get murdered. I don't I don't know. You won't because I'm there. Well, yeah. I was also just really mad at the parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also just like society as a whole. About like Ed Because <laughs> it's like, I get yeah. it. But also like, why? Yeah. Yeah. It does. It does make you just like really take a hard look on the world. And I, I think a stress that comes from it is like becoming aware of how like we all have this like false sense of security in the world like Mm -hmm. there's no way that could happen to me you know like everyone has that and then it can and it does to people and so when you're like forced to look at that that's when it kind of throws you off and you can get really lost in it for sure well yeah i i don't want to end so sad (laughs) (laughs) uh so yeah i'd say you know take it uh a little bit you gotta balance you yeah. need to take a healthy dose of it and then watch uh mulan or big hero six or yeah you know mindless tv self-care guys not mm-hmm. selfish yeah um and yeah remember that it's it's your superpower just like watching horror movies it can you know activate that that adrenaline rush that you might not be getting in everyday life uh because it's you know it's just generating false like 
fear. So you can still be comfortable and you can have a resolution. You can have an end. You know what happens. And so you can leave knowing that it's all tied up in a bow. Yeah. Um, Not exposing yourself to it doesn't get rid of the fact that fear exists. So you might as well fear reasonable and logical things instead of like ants. So happy 50th (laughs) to you guys. All right. Well, don't get married. Because they might eat your kids or be serial killers and murder everybody. Okay. Bye. Bye.